Welcome to the Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Priority Now is hosted by Carmen Halsey of the Illinois Baptist State Association. Hi, ladies. This is Carmen, and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. We are glad you're joining us. Today, we have with us Lori McDaniel. A lot of you guys know Lori from being with us in the past. Lori, how are you today? I'm good, and uh, I'm really excited to be here. We haven't, like, talked in forever, and so, like, this is awesome. I am so with you. I have to tell myself, stay stay in the question format, Carmen, to get the conversation, because I just want to catch up. But but I'm just going to start there. Catch us up. You were with IMB um, the last time I heard you. Husband, you guys had planted a church, pastor's wife. But give us an update on where God has you right now, Lori. Okay. So kind of like the bullet point rap sheet. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and I'm the one okay. taking so, notes. <laughs> yeah. I'll just bullet point until like maybe like current. So um, married to pastors. So. So I kind of wear that ministry wife hat. Um, we lived in Africa for four years as missionary. Mm-hmm. Um, had two kids. We went, came back with three, um, which often happens, it seems like, with missionaries. <laughs> we came back and uh, planted the church that we're currently at, where we've been at for 19 years now. Um, and when you plant a church, like, you wear all kinds of hats. It might be the coffee machine person hat. It might be the janitor <laughs> hat. Um, so I wore a lot of roles or had a lot of roles, but I think my favorite was probably leading our women's ministry for 12 years. Um, after that, I did go, you mentioned the IMB. I worked at the International Mission Board uh, for seven years in their mobilization department because God's mission is my heartbeat. And so my role was really to help us, you know, as an organization to get more churches involved, more people involved to find their role in God's mission. And so we did that through communication, marketing, events, all that kind of stuff. And so that was my key role there. I resigned. Like, I felt like I just kind of like leaped off of a cliff just because I felt like that's what God was leading me to. I resigned um, a little over a year ago, taking that leap, not knowing what was next. And there's some things that are beginning to surface now that I'm really beginning to explore. And so it's been a good transition season. My family, like we are, we have three adult kids now. So we're totally empty nest. Our youngest, Josh, is a junior um, at college. He just newly got engaged. And our other two are married. And our oldest, our daughter, um, she's actually pregnant with twins. And so (laughs) as crazy as it sounds, like, I'll, I have a hard time saying it, but like, I'm going to be a grandmother. Yeah, we're excited. I just don't know how I got to this season of my life so fast. So, but here we are. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna jump in there because what you said is, I think, one of the main reasons I'm excited about having you today with us. I have watched you change um, hats. In other words, your platform may have changed, but you continue to do the very thing that God's had you doing. You go deeper in the word, teaching women, um, developing leaders, staying on mission, letting other people, you know, be invited into your life to help them find their own story, you know, within God's story too. And I love that, Lori, because that's the thing that fascinates me. You've not lost momentum at all. But sometimes I think as women, we so hang on to the hat, you know, the hat thinking my calling's changed if the hat's changed instead of like, I love the word season. And, you know, you just said it, God changes maybe the lane we're running in, but it doesn't change the the purpose of what he has us doing. So talk a little bit about that. Actually, I really appreciate that question because 
like what you see is momentum on the outside has a lot of mess beneath the surface. Okay. <laughs> and so while like we look at people's lives and we might see them change roles or change hats and it seems like it's just smooth. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you straight up, like it's not as neatly packaged as it seems, especially internally. Like there's a lot of internal wrestling that I might do that other people don't see. When I was leading and doing all these roles in our church, I actually struggled somewhat with identity in the sense of, okay, well, I led our preschool and handed it off. Okay, I kind of got our mission thing, handed it off. Okay, did some media stuff, handed it off. Okay. And I didn't see at that time, I see it now, that uh-huh. God was using all these different um, blooms, if you will, and then pruning one bloom so maybe two could grow. And then, you know, pruning that so that others could grow. But I didn't see that at the time. Instead, it was a, it was an identity struggle. I think that over the last few years of my life, I've been able to almost like sit down with it. And while it's been there, it wasn't as clear to me. And that is like, what, who am I and what calling has God put on my life? Mm -hmm. And when I go back through scripture, it is incredibly clear to me throughout the entire narrative of scripture, actually, that like God is on this mission of making his name known to all people. He's given that mission to the church. Therefore, God's mission is my mission. Now, what it looks like in my life might not look the same in yours, Carmen, or whomever might be listening, but I literally have to come back to my aim, my goal, my mission, my purpose in my life is to make his name known. That can take on so many creative avenues as our God is creative in mm-hmm. what that looks like in people's lives. So I don't like people listening right now. I don't want them to go, oh, well, she's a minister's wife or she's been the missionary girl or, you know, like whatever. Like, don't, I don't want people to box it in like that, like that. Like God mm-hmm. has equipped and equipped people to be a part of his mission and purpose. And your season of life may shift, but it doesn't necessarily mean that your purpose has. I love that. I love that. That's why I really wanted to spotlight you right now on our podcast at this season, because um, several things you said, it's a mess underneath. You had to wrestle it out. Um, Again, I think it's so important for women to hear. We all wrestle it out. That's part of our faith journey. Um, And you start to learn that, you know, we are meant to be in community, but there's some things I'm learning this in grief, you know, dealing with grief. There's some things that can only be dealt with between you and God, you know, that intimate moment and um, different things you said, like taking that risk and jumping off. Sometimes I think we think we're breaking something or we we have that desire. We know God's calling us. We know there's something brewing. Um, and for lack of better words, I'm going to say we outgrow our position, meaning mm. There's a bench. Somebody else can do it. Maybe I'm not going to say your values have changed, but you know, you're just not in it because you're starting to see other things, other opportunities that maybe you could go to that somebody's not there to sort of bridge that gap. But I think sometimes we're so rooted in comfort or um, insecurities, whatever those look like, you know, um, for some that may be a paycheck for some, it may just be the, the, the comfort that a title, some they're fearful that there's not another place for them to plug in and serve. But ultimately, like you said, it goes back to that identity that um, I, I know in my own life, 
God has been the one to, to pick me up and jerk me sometimes and set me down, meaning there's been such a backdrop change to my life because in my mind, I wouldn't have justified going to that new area. Does that make sense? Nor would you guys have coached me to because it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have made sense. So yeah. I love that about, about your story. And I think that's so important for women to hear that, um, we're not one and done wherever God puts you. It's he's not gonna, he's not gonna leave you because he's always, you know, he's always moving there. So, right. um, you said, said we're afraid we're going to break something. So so we don't jump off. For me, sometimes it feels more like, um, not that I'm going to break something, but rather I'm too broken. Like Mm. God couldn't use me. I know this may sound crazy, but like because of things that I do, so whether it's traveling internationally or speaking here or there or writing this or that, but like I look at other people's lives still, like even sitting in that seat and I think, but I'm not, I'm not like them. I'm not as good as that, or I don't have as big of an audience as her or, or like, I can even think of small things. Like, you know, I got ready to speak. It was a little over a year ago. We're sitting around with a group of ministry wives and somebody shared something and I said something mostly like out of nervousness, but it really came out as, well, it was really dumb. Like I shouldn't have (laughs) said it, you know? And so like I sat back kicking myself and those kinds of things, if we're not careful, will like plague us. Um, And we allow those to, we allow the messes to define us instead of God, like taking the intensity of that and creating this mm -hmm. intimacy with him in shaping it into and using even the mess for what he wants us to become. Like, I wish I could do that situation over, right? But that doesn't necessarily disqualify me from moving forward where God is calling Mm -hmm. me or shaping me or showing me or maybe even just waiting for him to shape me and show me what that is. That's good. That's good. Lori, I watch you. Um, I watch you lead beside your husband too. He platforms your leadership and I watch that. And, um, that, that is so refreshing because, um, you're not an add on. He literally, I watch him, at least from my perspective, he platforms that leadership. So it's, I think that's so encouraging for, for women, but this, this might, this might be a little self-centered. Okay. When I ask this question, but I say this a lot because, and I'm, because you said identity, your identity was shaken. You know, so many times I don't realize that that we think our identity, you know, is we don't realize we've anchored it to a role or a position or what somebody else says we are um, versus, you know, that we, we all say, hey, we're a disciple. My identity's in Jesus. But I don't think we realize sometimes that our anchors aren't necessarily yet in Jesus and which is some of the painful transition as he's moving us, you know, opening our eyes to that, you know, through some of the brokenness that he allows in our life. But the self-centeredness, I guess I say this, if I'm talking to pastor's wives right now. I'm like, you know, your people say, Hey, if they, if God called your husband, he called you. And I've sort of changed my stance on how I respond to that now, because I'll tell people, you know, he called us to be a disciple who makes disciples that that's our identity. That's our foundation. We have a responsibility to love our husbands well and support our husbands and, you know, and be their sidekick. But the reality, especially in SBC world, and can I say I'm concerned for some of our pastor's wives sometimes, because if God removes your husband from that pulpit, whether to um, death, whether to um, a different position, you know, whatever that may be a leadership fell, you know, whatever, whatever reason, 
that what happens to you, you know, and I see so many women struggle because they don't walk back in the next day. You know, it's like they've invested this energy and, in, you know, into the leadership of this local church. And then it's like, where do they fit? And I don't even think they realize it until the day that the husband's not there in the pulpit. And then what happens, what happens to me? And it shakes that foundational level, which is part of the wrestling out. But speak to that a little bit, because I don't I don't see that with you. And that's what I love. And I want some of the women to get to hear that part of your story. Yeah. Well, I think what you what you don't see with me is the great wrestling match that God and I went through for several years in order to get to the place where I am secure in him and in who he has called me to be and how he shaped me. Now, I won't say that if my you know husband suddenly passed away you know tomorrow that there wouldn't be this ripping apart of all of a sudden i don't have the title um pastor's wife like kathy Litton speaks to that actually mm-hmm. with, with her husband's sudden death that you know all of a sudden she's in church you know a week later two weeks later however long it was but she's no longer the pastor's wife like the pastor's gone and so mm-hmm. those, those identities get ripped apart but what again, what you didn't see was the great struggle that I had to go to, and what that looked like for me would be man, this is a little bit embarrassing, but it kind of is what it is. And I'm in like, this is mm-hmm. part of my story, I'm okay with that. But you know, our church would have kind of like Pastor Appreciation Sunday, you know, mm-hmm. and so they're calling you up there and um, you know, they're honoring him, especially as the church planner's wife. Like, there was so much happening that I was involved in and doing, and so. And then they call me up there and my kids. And I, and at that point, all of a sudden, I feel like a sidekick. And it was kind of like, well, Mike this and Mike, you're that. And, and if it, Mike, if it wasn't for you, oh, and Lori, you too. You know, but on mm-hmm. the inside, it felt like I'm doing, I am like working my tail off in ministry. I don't have a title. Um, I don't have a paycheck, you know. And so like, I didn't, even when I went for the International Mission Board, I didn't even know what to put on my resume even though God had been like showing me all these things, even though I had been using my gifts and skills and talents, I thought that those need to be directly related to a title and my gifts and skills Mm -hmm. and talents, how God used me. Well, the fruit of that would be in a paycheck or like those kinds of things. And for a couple of years, I wrestled through that until probably like the third year I thought these emotions and feelings, this is like same song, second verse, third verse, fourth verse. And God and I, like, we just kind of, I had to sit down with him and honestly, Carmen, like, recognize the nature of my own sin. And and let's just call it what it was, you know, mm-hmm. pride and arrogance and self-centeredness. It wasn't the title, like, maybe that'll get ripped away, but it was more like the internal definition that needed to be ripped away. It's not just in ministry, like maybe you're home with the kids or you're not home with the kids, like you've got this job and you're looking at all the other moms going, well, maybe I'm not doing it right. And so we, we are continually wrestling and juggling, I think emotionally and mentally, what we know to be true spiritually, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. It it makes perfect sense. And, um, that's what I appreciate about you sharing. And when I go back to that, you know, we all have to wrestle that out. When you were with IMB, and I don't know your personal story, but sometimes I think, you know, we celebrate that mission, you know, because we we have this adventurous movie playing in our head, like airplane doors open, Lori drops out, figure it out, you know, um, learn how to navigate the land, meet the people. And, and sometimes we go to visit those missionaries and we think, what do they do? What are they doing? They're just kind of 
there's no like big excitement here. They're just living. And it's kind of like, I remember the day it hit me like, duh, they're just living, you know, which is what we need to do, which is, you know, exactly what you say. Our whole lives need to be intertwined with the mission because everything counts. But sometimes we don't even realize we're lost in some of those identity crisis, or am I good enough for this comparison? And God will literally allow life circumstances or broken dreams. You know, you talked about Kathy. Kathy just referenced a book that I think is excellent, Shattered Dreams. You know, he'll allow those things. Nothing is a mistake to God. You know, everything, everything that looks like an interruption, it's purposeful. And wherever our workplace is, wherever our zip code is, it's no different than God, like open that airplane door and drop Carmen off there. And am I aware of my village? Am I being intentional with every opportunity to build a relationship? Am I viewing my life as not fake, but as being on stage? I say that a lot to myself. You're on stage. Who's watching? Who's within eyeshot? You know, who are you having an opportunity to build that re- build that relationship? And and from from the outside looking in, that's what I've seen you do in your life. And um, obviously, you spoke that into me and other women here in Illinois, you know, on multiple times, you know, on multiple occasions. Um, but I see you live with that intentionality um, and and share that with other other people. I think a good question to ask, and while when I first say it, it might not even sound that spiritual, but like, um, what does success look like for you? Like, what are you, because that's what we're, often we're striving, right? And so like, what does it look like? And how do you, and how do you know when you reach it? Because I think what we do is we, we look at the appearance of other people's, whether it's social media edited or some platform kind of person. And we think maybe that like that success, but some of the most intimate moments between me and God are moments that nobody will ever likely know about. Like I could think of one a few months ago, I was in Greece working with refugee women and sat in a room with about 50 Muslim women. And like, literally I taught the story of the Samaritan woman. And like, you could see, if I can say it this way, like you could see in their faces that God was speaking and working. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not gonna post pictures of that. Nobody's really ever going to know about that, but me and God and those 50 Muslim women. But like for me, like getting to that point, that's rich. Lori, that's good when you're talking about that. Um, One of the things personally, you know, I've just been just hungry to hear what does intimacy with God look like in other women's life? Um, Because I've, I've said a lot, you know, I knew intimacy with my husband, thought I knew intimacy with God. What does it look like, you know, to go to go deeper. And what you just described, you know, that's one of the things God continues to reveal with me. It's like, Carmen, you knew this all along, but you didn't recognize it for what it was. And for, in my own life, it's times I would try, you know, I'd had that sweet moment with God and I'd want to go unpack it with Keith, you know, because it's almost like I wanted him to get it, you know, and I think now looking back, I just wanted the affirmation. And what I realized since, you know, now that God's removed him, there's not that, there's not that confidant, you know, to be able to share on that level with. And God has just so sweetly told me that's been intimate. When he didn't get it, Carmen, when he didn't want to listen, when he didn't want to talk for two hours, it wasn't meant for you to share. That was mine and yours, Carmen, you know, when when you got it. And that's exactly what I was reminded of when I just heard you say that. Um, But again, that's where I go to when I say sometimes it's a blind spot to us. We don't even know. We don't even realize that we um, um, exploit our intimate moments sometimes with God. And if I can just be honest, we, we try to exploit others 
moments sometimes. I think we try to platform the story a lot. You know, give me the details. Let's get it out on social media. Let's whatever. And and I think with Ride Hard Intense to be strategic, maybe for some initiatives or whatever, I definitely think we've exploited some things that's maybe even hurt some up and coming leaders because those are those special intimate, intimate moments with, with Jesus. But yeah. Lori, let yeah. me ask you a question. I want to, I want to, um, I know you said you're, you know, you have adult children now. Um, definitely God has continued continued to position, you know, to pour into women's life. I really want to talk about discipleship from a couple different um, avenues and, and ask you to really share some models. What does it look like in your life, you know, to, to help the Carmens out here? So, so I'm going to ask a broad question and let you just kind of take the, take the conversation. What does it look like in your church when um, a woman comes to Jesus for the first time, you know, what, what's the first thing you guys do to, you know, what does that, that pipeline or pathway for discipleship look like? So, you know, within our church, we have, and I think a lot of churches do now, we have kind of that onboarding class, that on-ramp class, and what does it look like to be a part of the church, which everyone is, re- everyone at our church is required to go through it. So whether she became a believer before that, and now she's kind of getting a little bit of the foundation of things, or she goes through that class and becomes a believer in that class. Like in this culture, day and time, a lot of people want to be a part of the church before they actually know what it means to follow Jesus Christ. And so we make sure that that's incredibly clear from the beginning. I would say the second thing that's going to follow after that is getting her uh, linked up and plugged in with a small group of people. Now that might be, I mean, depending on her life, her season of life, what her passions, desires are, um, that could look like a, you know, a, a female group or, you know, a, a co-ed multi-generational group, it could look different depending on um, her, but we want her to get plugged in, um, getting to know other people who are in God's word, building those one another kinds of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I'll, I'll say this, I think if my husband were sitting here, he would say the same thing. That is an area that we are constantly having to reevaluate because as we get, you know, as our church grows, if you're not careful, people slip through, you know, the system mm-hmm. over programs, I'm going to use the word programs intentionally, began to be put in place. And then if we're not careful, actually the program may still exist, but discipleship leaks. And we've been at a place where we've had to reevaluate, are we making more disciples? Are we making better disciples? If not, then what needs to shift? What needs to go away? What needs to change in leadership or budget or whatever in order to see that begin to take place? So we scour that pretty intensely and we've done it well for a lot of years. And there's been a lot of years that we haven't done it well. But I think the sign of a healthy church is that desire to look at it, evaluate it honestly, and then reshape it in order to move forward with how God is leading people um, in your church and to your church. Uh Uh Lori, thank you so much for being with us this week. And we're going to continue this conversation because I had tons of questions for you and I want the ladies to get to hear it all. So we're going to bring you back next week and finish some of this conversation on next week's Priority Now podcast. Awesome. Ladies, thank you for being with us this week's Priority Now podcast. Lori, thank you for being with us. Ladies, just a reminder, if you're not with us, connected on this journey, you're not meant to go it alone. So connect with us on our Facebook page at Illinois Baptist Women. Check us out on our website at ibsa.org backslash women, or you can follow us on Instagram at Illinois Baptist Women. So we'll see you next week for Priority Now podcast. Mm -hmm.
Thank you for listening to the Priority Now podcast. Please continue to join us on the journey to know Christ and make Him known.